And you are a good-looking bunch today. You know, that's a funny word picture that Caleb says about drinking out of a fire hydrant. I'll just see your cheeks just going like that. You know how they pop out. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you all very much. And like Caleb said, we are just so grateful for all the volunteers, the help, the helps ministry, the cooks, the... I mean, there's a lot of people working the last several days. You talk about and cooking their biscuits, not just in the kitchen, and I'm talking outside. Um, I'm thankful that our sweat glands work, because you know how frustrating that would be. I mean, it was, it was hot, but God is faithful. Uh, he's so good to us, and uh, I think we had, I, well, I didn't even, I was going to get the final count. Maybe you guys can help me, whether there was 30, between 30 and 40 made decisions for Jesus, you know, the last couple of days. Can we give the Lord praise for that? Because that's, you're part of that. As partners to this ministry, to the Lone Star Cowboy Church, you're a part of that. Every person that's saved and healed and delivered and set free, you're a part of that. And I know some of you are here are partners of our ministry, Trey Johnson Ministries, and, and we just personally thank you. I want to remind you to check out the product table. Whenever the service is over, there's some t-shirts, there's magazines, there's a few books that I've written, there's uh, teaching CDs, which are the bigger ones. The flash drives, which are the smaller ones, they are not singing CDs. Okay, people ask all the time, oh, you sing? No, you do not want me to sing as far as re record. We all sing, but not all record, right? Um, but please help yourself to that type of stuff. You can also go to TreyJohnsonMinistries.com, and you can see all the different things that we're doing. I do a lot of leadership development in the corporate world. Um, also, every Wednesday morning, I do a personal growth course. There's a YouTube channel. You can see where our TV show is on Sunday mornings and uh, throughout the week on other places, on Cowboy Channel, RFD TV. Um, so if you want a double dose on Sunday or whatever, you can record uh, and then go home and, and get, a, get a double, a double chewy. Are you ready to get into God's Word? Man, I'm thankful for the house of God. You know, this isn't something that we do just to make ourselves feel better. That was never God's intention whenever he encouraged you and I, not just encouraged us, I mean, he commanded us, don't forget to assemble yourselves together. And I'm thankful that God is a personal God and, and that he wants us to live in relationship with him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, by ourself, but there's things that you hear in the house of God that you won't hear by yourself. That's the way God set it up. He said, I gave the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, teacher, evangelist for the equipping of the saints so we can do the work of the ministry. The word work there in the very beginning when God created man. Are you all ready to get going? We're fixing to get going. So I do want to encourage you to write down the scriptures and everything. And, and the reason I want you to write scriptures down is because I don't want you to take my word for it because my word has no weight unless it's connected to God's word. Amen. And it's God's word that changes our life. Amen. So in the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, it says God made man in his image and likeness and he put him in the garden of Eden and he told him to work. Say it, work. The word work in the Hebrew language is the word aragon, and it means to manifest the real you. Notice he didn't say go to a job. He said work. 
See, when you stick a fish in the water and it begins to swim, it's working. When you stick a tree in the ground and it begins to produce, it's working. When you and I are in the presence of God and we discover the gifts, the callings, the assignment, the passion, the desires, and we begin to walk that out, we're working. Say it, work. When you are operating in what God has created you to do, you're manifesting the real you. God never intended for you and I just to go to a job because we do a job and you can get fired from a job, but you never can get fired from your work. Nobody can stop you from being you, including the devil, if you don't let him. I remember years ago, I, you know, I was pastoring churches, and I went back to traveling and ministering, and uh, the lady I was married to at first, she had an affair and stuff on me, and I was, had to rebuild my life, and I was like, Lord, what the heck's going on? I had good religious people telling me, you know, you'll never preach again. You'll, I mean, who needs a devil when you got a bunch of religious people, right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> ah, bless their hearts. <laughs> and I remember it just became real to me when the Lord just spoke to me as I'm rebuilding my life in this barn of my friends. And uh, he says, Trey, nobody can ever stop you from being who I've created you to be. Just because people change, just because circumstances change, God says, I never change. And my plans for you never change. So if we'll stay in the process, we will become who God's called and created us to be. And so when we come to the house of God, please come with an expectation that I'm not just going to check the box on the way to lunch. Know that we come with an expectation that I'm going to hear what God has to say today and then I'm going to do what God is instructing me to do. So I'm going to hear and I'm going to do because notice the Bible doesn't say it's the churchgoers who get results. It's the Bible toters who get results. It's the bumper sticker havers that say honk if you love Jesus. If you got that, excellent. I mean honk on baby. But we've got to be real with ourselves, and ask, okay, am I, am I just playing? Am I just going through the motions? Am I just being a religious person? Or am I really after the heart of God? Why, why am I here today? I'm going to hear, and I'm going to do. I'm going to hear, and I'm going to do. Say it. I'm going to hear, and I'm going to do. Start with me in Psalms 34. Verses 1 through 3, and you can go back and read this in your own time. But he says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Notice what he said. I will bless the Lord Sometimes, no, that's not what he says. I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. Always remember, there's two times to praise the Lord. When I feel like it and when I don't. Now, this is King David. 
You talk about kicktail and take names, warrior in the kingdom of God. And he says, okay, I'm making a decision that I will. I don't really know what you're going to do, but this is what I'm going to do. I will bless the Lord at all times. So if we're wanting to experience the God of the Bible, and we're wanting his super to come upon our natural, and we're wanting God to come from the unseen into the seen, then we need to be doers of the word. I want to do what these men and women did in the word that experienced God. And David said, okay, this, this is what I do. I make a choice and a decision. I don't care if they're after me trying to take me out. I will bless the Lord at all times. I don't care if I got a good report or bad report from the doctor. I will bless the Lord at all times. I don't care if the economy's up or the economy's down. I will bless the Lord at all times. I don't care if God has shown up right now or it might be a week or month or year. I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. Say it, I will. And he goes on to say, and he says, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth, and my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Women, I don't know if y'all do this, but I know as a little boy on the playground, we, we boasted about our dad and about our grandpa and about our uncle. My daddy will whoop your daddy. And, you know, <laughs> well, my daddy will whoop your daddy, one hand tied behind his back. Well, my daddy will whoop your daddy, one leg tied. You know, we'd go through this whole deal. And that's what David is saying. He says, I'm going to make my soul, which is my mind, will, and emotion, connect to the goodness of God. And I'm going to see God for who God truly is. See, we don't see God how he is necessarily. We see God how we are. We see God how we are. That's why it's so important to have a relationship with the Word of God, with the Holy Spirit, to be doers of the Word of God, because it changes our perception from seeing God as a taker to seeing God as a giver, from seeing God as a God of rules, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, to whenever He speaks, it's to position me, it's to help me, it's to direct me, it's for Him to put his super upon my natural and me to experience life and life more abundantly. I don't see God necessarily how he is. I see God how I am. But being in the process, in the presence, being in his word, it changes my perspective. And he says, I'm going to boast in the Lord. I'm going to brag on the goodness of God. I'm going to brag that nothing is bigger. I'm going to brag that sickness and disease isn't bigger than my God. I'm going to brag that no matter what screw up I've had in my life, his blood is more powerful. I'm going to brag that God is in me and for me and on my side. And God is a restoring, redeeming God. And God is rebuilding me right now. I'm going to brag. You hear me, devil? I'm going to brag on my God. Amen. This is what, I mean, you're talking a man who went from being poor and had nothing tending sheep to being the king. And he says, this is what I did. I, I made a decision. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And I'm going to let his praise continually come out of my mouth. Now, as I'm saying this, how are you doing? See, when we read God's word, some of the more experienced people in life, you'll notice this. Uh, remember the old encyclopedias that we had and you're flipping through there and, and you look at the word squirrel and there's a word, there's a picture of a squirrel right there. Or uh, you look at an elephant, and there's a picture of an elephant, you know. Well, well, when we read the Word, can we see our picture right beside that Scripture? When nobody's looking, not just at church, if somebody were to accidentally walk up on you, would they hear you saying, 
Thank you, Lord. Would they hear you saying, Lord, I'm just so grateful for how you redeemed me and forgave me and what you're doing in me and through me and around me. Father, you're just so good. Thank you. Say it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. David said, this is what I do. I've made a decision. I don't care what I'm going through. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually come out of my mouth. And you listen to me, so you're going to brag on God. We're not going to brag on the devil. We're not going to brag on the curse. We're going to brag on Almighty God. And he says, let us exalt his name together and magnify the Lord. Let us magnify the Lord together. Say it. Thank you, Lord. So... Just for the teaching today, I, I know praise and worship and thanksgiving, they're all different things, but we're just going to clump them together today, and we're going to answer the question, are you still in love with praise? Are you still in love with worship? Are you still in love with thanksgiving? When the children of Israel came out of bondage and they were going in to possess new territories, the tribe of Judah was the biggest tribe, and Judah means praise. And they would send the praisers out before the people of God because God was attracted to praise. Psalms 22 verse 3 says that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. God is attracted to praise. God is attracted to to praise. God is attracted to praise. Say it, how am I doing? God is attracted to thanksgiving. God is attracted to worship in Revelation chapter 11, verse 1. And when God was revealing his heart to John on the Isle of Patmos, he says, I'm going to give you a rod, and I'm going to give you a reed, and I want you to go to the altar, and I want you to measure their worship. If God were to show up in this house, if God were to show up in our car, if God were to show up in our barn, would your worship and praise and thanksgiving even register? Are you still... In love with praise. And I can hear some of you saying, well, that's just not me. I'm, I'm, I'm bound. Is that the word you're looking for? Everybody smile. <laughs> we got to be real with ourselves because it doesn't do us any good to come together and not change. It doesn't do us any good to just, oh, well, oh, bless the Lord, we went to church and what's for lunch and we just rock on. No, no, how, how do I position myself for God to show up? How does this become real in my life? Well, when you track David, you track Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, you know, remember whenever the guys got together and they went to the king and they said, okay, if anybody praises and worships you, um, if anybody doesn't praise and worship you, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. And the Bible says in Daniel 6, 10, it says, Daniel went home and he opened up the doors and he got down on his knees and three times that day, listen to what it says, three times that day, he began to pray and give thanks to God as was his custom since his early days. It was a habit. 
for Daniel to pray and praise and worship and thank you. Psalms 119, 164 said, seven times a day does David stop and praise God. Seven times. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. You're so good to me, Lord, even with tears coming down your face, pain running through your body. Praise you. Thank you. I'm not moved by what I see or how I feel. Thank you. Glory to God. I praise you that you are my redeemer, my healer. Glory. Thank you. Thank you. Do it. Thank you. See, it was a habit to praise and thank God. And God had a habit of showing up. When you track it, I want it to be a habit for God to show up in my life. God wants to show up for everybody, but does God show up for everybody? I go to all different types of denominations, different types of churches, and starting churches and doing this as long as that. I'm always looking, how come God's showing up here? He's not showing up here. How come they see signs, wonders, and miracles? Because God still does that stuff, you know. And then how come they haven't seen anything ever? One of the key ingredients is worshipers. See, there's a difference from coming to church and just worshiping in a moment compared to a worshiper. A worshiper is a lifestyle. A worshiper is who I am. A worshiper is what I do. A worshiper is when nobody is around. Thank you. I worship you. I praise you. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I trust you, God. I'm connecting my mind, my heart, my mouth. All I am, I'm putting my life on the line for you. Thank you for showing up. See, when we have a habit of praising and thanking and worshiping God, God will have a habit of showing up in our lives. Psalms 22, 3. Remember, he is attracted to our praise. He's attracted to our thanksgiving Deuteronomy 28, verse 47 and 48 says, When we don't serve God with joy and thanksgiving and gratitude, we end up serving the enemy. I've served the enemy before. I don't want to give him the time of day. So what's something that can keep me making progress? What's something that can keep me and, and get me going from here to there and it's the power of praise and thanksgiving and worship. And I'm asking you today, are you still in love with praise? Are you still thankful and grateful for all that God has done in your life? Do you still open your mouth no matter who you're with and it just comes out of you? Thank you. See, you used to have a habit of cussing. Maybe you still do. But why not have the habit of praise and thanksgiving? Thank you. Say it. Thank you. Listen to some more scripture here. Are we in love with our praise? Psalms 33 verse 1 says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you uncompromisingly righteous, you upright and right standing with God. For praise is becoming and appropriate for those who are upright in heart. For praise is becoming and appropriate for praise. In other words, praise looks good on you. Look at your neighbor and say, praise looks good on you. Praise looks good on the people of God. I mean, we go to the gym and we work out and we get a tuck here and a lift here and a pluck here and a a wig here, whatever you got to do. I mean, get it on if that's what you want to do. But he says, you want to look better? Then begin to praise God and 
bless God and say, thank you, Lord. Let's just do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That, that looks good on you. Look at your neighbor and say, that looks good on you. Look at your other neighbor and say, you need it. <laughs> Praise. <laughs> yeah, he, he said, I should have done that backwards. Yeah, maybe. Thank you, Lord. Say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My, my youngest daughter, you know, when I'm, I'm flirting with my wife and stuff, I might reach out and pinch a honey or something like that, and she'll go, you're so inappropriate. <laughs> and right here, it's sitting. I say, oh, no. I see these hands, they're blessed. Whatever they touch, they are blessed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, oh, no, it's appropriate. And, and what, what is God saying right here? Praise, thanksgiving, worship. It's appropriate. Say it, it's appropriate. It's appropriate to connect my heart and my mind and my words to the goodness of God. It is appropriate when all hell is coming against us in our life for us to lift our hands and say, thank you. Thank you. Say it. Thank you. It helps us praise and worship. I mean, why, why should we praise and worship God? Because he tells us to is one reason. Why should we praise and worship and thank God? Because he's a good dad. And whenever he speaks something, it's to, it's to help us. It's to position us. It's to lead us. It's to guide us. Why should we praise and worship and thank God? Because it helps us. It helps us. It, it helps us. Say it. It helps me. And we need it. <laughs> we need it. I have people ask me all the time, hey, can you help me find a perfect church? I say, no. I said, I can. And if you find it, don't go because you will mess it up. <laughs> and they kind of look at me like, how dare you? <laughs> We're all a work in progress. But praise and worship and thanksgiving, it helps us keep progressing. It helps us. Remember, they sent out the tribe of Judah whenever they would go to possess the land. Instead of the warriors and the, the guns of their time, the, the spears and the shield, they would send the praisers and worshipers because God is attracted to praise and worship. You think of the trust and the confidence they had to have in Almighty God that I'm trusting you, Lord. In the natural, it looks like they're going to kick our tail and we're going to send the worship team out picking and grinning <laughs> why because God is attracted to praise so so once again not just at church when I'm at home by myself how am I doing when I'm driving down the road how am I doing when I get the doctor's report how am I doing how do I get God's super to come up on my natural thank you praise you worship you Lord it looks good on you remember in Exodus 34 when Moses had been up in the presence of God for 40 days and nights just thanking God to receive the commandments he come down in the presence of God changed his appearance till he had to put a veil over him so others couldn't see him because he was so bright Mark chapter 9, Peter, James, and John went up to the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, and it turned Jesus' clothes to pure white. See, the presence of God looks good on you. You want to look better? Begin to say praise and thanks. You can be a, a pretty person on the outside, but if you're unthankful and full of bitterness and full of unforgiveness, you are just a pretty, ugly person. Get it pretty ugly. I mean, some of you will get that later. <laughs> da, da, da. 
But how true is it? Say it, praise looks good on me. Listen to this in Psalms 40, verse 16. It says, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad. Let such as love your salvation say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Remember the, the word magnify means to increase, to make larger, to make bigger. So when I'm praising and thanking God, I don't change the character and nature of God. He is God and he does not change, but he changes to me. I begin to worship him. Instead of looking at the cancer, I look at the healer. Instead of looking at the tuberculosis, I look at the healer. Instead of looking at what I don't have, I look at who I do have. Instead of looking at the bills so much, I'm looking at the God who supplies all of my needs. It is a choice and decision to look at God and to magnify and to worship and praise. It is a choice. Faith is a choice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Somehow, some way, this will turn around for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. It says, but, but this happens to the person who loves his salvation. Salvation just doesn't mean going to heaven. The word salvation means wholeness and soundness and provision and completeness. How long has it been since you've stepped back and just said, God, I'm, I'm just thankful for the power of the blood of Jesus. You said you separate my sin as far as the east is from the west. And, Father, you said you've removed it from me. And I've come from darkness into light. And, Father, I just love what Jesus did on the cross and the death and the resurrection. And he's at the right hand of the Father right now. God, you be magnified. You work in me and through me to touch lives around me. God, you be magnified. It says that's what happens to a person who loves, not just going to church, not just religious, but you really love what Jesus has done. You know, when the light comes on that I don't have to be an addict any longer, <laughs> when I don't have to stay separated from God, when I don't have to stay where I'm at, thank you, Lord. Say it, thank you, Lord. Psalm 69, verse 30, it says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will praise the name of God with a song. Can you sing? I'm not asking if you sound good. See, everybody should sing, but not everybody should record. Everybody should sing, not everybody gets their microphone. That is a good thing. He says that I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I'm going to kind of summarize this just for time's sake. We're answering the question, am I still in love with praise and thanksgiving and worship? When Remember the story of David and Goliath when David, he had been out tending sheep and he had been writing music and worshiping and he was out there and the, you know, he was tending and a lion came out and a bear came out and he grabbed the lion and the bear and he, he just said, I struck it and I took the lamb back and I worshiped and, and it just, God became big to him and, and then he shows up on the battlefield. His dad calls him in from tending sheep one day and he says, hey, uh, David, I want you to go check in with your brothers and take some cheese and some bread and see how the fight 
fights going, and, and here David is, this young man. You know, the Bible says he was ruddy, but he was good-looking, and he shows up on the scene, and he's talking to everybody, you know, and how's it going, and who's winning? Then all of a sudden, Goliath steps out, and he begins to defy the armies of God. And, and whenever he began to defy the armies of God, everybody kind of shrunk back in fear. Nobody said anything, and David is looking around, and he says, is anybody going to take care of this punk? That's Johnson paraphrase, of course. <laughs> and then his brothers get mad at him. Where's your little sheep at? Who do you think you are coming up on the scene? I see David had been spending time magnifying God. And once God becomes big to you, no devil and no religious person can talk you out of who God is to you. And David, he began to ask around. He's like, hey, guys, well, what happens? You know, what, what, what happens if somebody takes this guy out? And they says, well, <laughs> I mean, you get to marry the king's daughter. You know, your family doesn't have to pay taxes any longer. I mean, that should have just erupted the whole army right there. Glory <laughs> to God. <laughs> and David said, all right. And it, a miracle in itself that David, uh, have you ever thought about this? David gets an audience with the king. He's a shirt, sheep herder. He's, a, he's in high school, and he passes all the Marines. He passes all the Green Berets, all the Navy SEALs, all the special ops, and he's in the presence of God. I mean, presence of king, the king, King Saul. And he begins to tell him, hey, you know, God delivered me from the bear and the lion. He's going to deliver me from this sun circus. Phil scene. you know the story. He goes out, and he throws a stone and takes Goliath down. He cuts his head off, and then he's standing in the presence of the king with the head of Goliath in his hand. And so king says, all right, you, you know, stick his head over there and, you know, come on in. I want to introduce you to my daughter. First Samuel 18, it says that King Saul went to introduce David. David, I want to introduce you to my oldest daughter, Merab. And here you go, and Merab, she kind of, Put her hand up and said, you know, uh, Dad, I, 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 you know, <laughs> I'm grateful for what David did, but I'm not in love with David. Now, this is very important. I'm not in love with David. I'm in love with the drill. So King said, well, and over in the corner, David, uh, King Saul's other daughter, her name is McCall. Remember, welcome back, Carter, whenever we were younger, you know, <laughs> This, this is 1 Samuel 18. It says, McCall is over here, and she speaks up and says, I, I, I love David. <laughs> and David, I mean, you think of him, he's like, hey, babies, I don't really care. I mean, I'm, I'm good either way. <laughs> but now as you track David, the Psalms were written by David. They were written by Moses. And you see how David just didn't worship at the altar or at the temple. He was worshiped. He just didn't praise every once in a while. He was praise. He, he represents praise. Listen, in 1 Samuel 18, verse 20, it says, Now McCall, Saul's daughter, loved David, or loved praise. Now this is where we're answering, Are you still in love with your praise? And they told Saul, and it pleased him. And thus Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that McCall, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was still more afraid of David, and so Saul became David's enemy continually. Now you can, you can track this story. And McCall, it didn't matter what everybody else thought of Mr. Praise. She just thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, it didn't matter what they said around the coffee pot, around the fire. I mean, that was her man. In 1 Samuel 19, it says that her dad sent assassins, it's very important, sent assassins to kill Praise. 
and she opened up the windows and she let praise down. And what's going to happen in your life when an assassin comes to steal, kill, and destroy? I'm talking about the devil. When sickness comes, when light comes, when depression comes, when oppression comes, are you going to open the window and let your praise out? Because every one of us, life happens. And when you're a praiser, it's not going to stop you from going after God. It's not gonna, you're not going to be up and down, in and out. Regardless of what is happening, I'm going to praise and I'm going to thank and I'm going to worship are you still in love with praise? And McCall, nobody could talk her out of her praise in the very beginning, and, but you fast forward 20 years. A lot can happen in 20 years. People die. People leave. Economy goes up. Economy goes down. Divorce happens. Sickness, whatever. A lot of life happens in 20 years. So you fast forward, and the one who loved praise, now I think it's interesting because Merab didn't love praise, and McCall loved praise, but both were king's kids. And how can us as king's kids, some of us love praise and some of us don't love praise? It should be natural as a king's kid to love praise. Just like it's natural for that fish to swim in the water, it's natural for that tree to bloom whenever it's planted in the ground. It should be natural for you and I to say, thank you, Lord. It should be natural for us to say, I praise you and trust you and worship you. As a king's kid, it should be natural for us to love praise. God, I love you because you saved me, you delivered me. 99% of us in this room, you probably should not still be alive, but you are because God's not done with you. And I'm asking you today, do you still love the God who spared your life? Do you still love the presence of God like you did when you first gave your life to the Lord? Are you still in love with praise? You want God's super to come upon your natural? Stir your praise up. Stir your worship up. Begin to open your mouth, even with tears running down your face, and you begin to say, thank you. Somehow, some way, you're going to rebuild and restore and renew and revive me. Thank you. See, praise goes first. And it's one of the highest expressions of faith. It's saying thank you and praise you before I see anything in the natural. 20 years goes by and listen. 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 14 through 16 it says, And David danced before the Lord with all his might. I like that. I mean because David was a man's man. Muscles ripping. I mean getting it on for Jesus. Dancing with all his might, clad in a linen ephod, a priest's upper garment. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. And with the sound of the trumpet as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, McCall, Saul's daughters, David's wife, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised praise. Satan hates praise. He hates worship. You realize that? Because he was the lead worshiper before he got kicked out of heaven. Somebody who loved praise at one time now had some results, now had some clout. She was the queen, and now she saw Mr. Praise cutting a rug, and it disgusted her. I'm more dignified. I don't have to do that. We have money now. We have results. My business is doing this and that, and David... Why are you acting like that? Keep going. 
verse 20. And David returned to bless the house of God. He blessed the house of God, blesses, blessed the people. Then David returned to bless his household. Listen to this. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father in all his house to appoint me to rule over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of who you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. I want you to picture what happened right here. David comes back and he had blessed the people. He had blessed the house of God. And David is worshiping and his wife comes out to him who used to love praise, who thought he was the greatest thing ever. She says, I saw you acting like a fool at church. I saw you lifting your hands. I saw you worshiping like you didn't have a care in the world. I saw you praising and thanking God. And David said, whoa, whoa, listen to me. He says, I need you to understand. Before your dad knew who I was, God knew who I was. Before the armies of Israel knew who I was, God knew who I was. Before you knew who I was, God knew who I was. Before my own father even knew who I was, he didn't even invite me to the pick a king party. God knew who I was, and I need you to know something. I don't care who I'm in front of. I'm going to lift my hands, and I'm going to worship, and I'm going to praise, and I'm going to thank God. I don't care what is going on in my life. I'm going to open my mouth continually, and I'm going to say, Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. With all of my might, I'm going to worship and praise God. Psalms 145, it says, from one generation to the next generation, we should declare the great works of our God. What was God saying? Remember, he says, I'm going to send a rod and I'm going to measure their worship. I'm going to measure their praise. I'm going to measure a true worshiper worships God in spirit and in truth. And he's saying, I want the 80s and 90-year-old to pass it down to the 70 and 60 years old. And the 70 and 60s, you pass it down to the 50s and 40s. And 50s and 40s, you pass it down to the 30s and 20s and to the teens and to the kids till I look at my house and I see a bunch of warriors because they're worshipers all for the glory of God. I don't see them bowing down to the Goliath that the doctor said this is going to kill you just like it did your mom and dad but instead you look at the power of almighty God and you begin to worship and pray saying I don't know how it's going to turn out but with my God all things are possible I don't know how it's going to turn out but the greater one lives in me and dwells in me and his word with every breath that I breathe the healing power of God is working in every organ and cell and tissue of my body and I will give praise to my God when we begin when we begin to stir up our praise in our worship, did, did you notice how McCall, when she began to back off from praise, she no longer produced? When you begin to get too dignified to lift your hands, you get too successful that you think you don't need God anymore. And you quit saying, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for the... Beanie weenies I got in the pantry. 
Thank you, Lord, if you wear underwear. Thank you, Lord, I've got underwear. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. When we begin to praise and worship and thank God, our life will begin to produce. But when you back off from praise, when you back off from worship, when you back off from being thankful, you will stop seeing the power of God in your life. Some of you maybe have never seen the power of God in your life. I want to encourage you today to start thanking the Lord and worshiping the Lord and blessing the Lord and, and saying, fall in love with what Jesus did, that this isn't just some religious idea that God sent Jesus just for you and, and the power of his blood separated you from your sin and you belong in the presence of God and you're created in the image and likeness of God and that dream and desire and passion that God put on the inside of you, God wants to work in you and through you and he just was waiting for you to say, thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Father, I'm thankful for every person, the sound of my voice. Maybe they've never encountered you. They've never realized how good you are. And the Bible says that it is your goodness that leads people to repentance. And I'm asking that you show each and every one of us where we stand in our relationship with you that you've already forgiven us. You've already made a way for us to connect with the Heavenly Father. You've already, you're, you're waiting on us to respond to the knock in our heart. Your word says that you stand at the door and you knock. And any person that opens the door that you'll come in and you'll have a relationship with them. So with heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to ask you, when you look into your heart, your heart, is there a knowing on the inside of you that if you were to die today, you would spend eternity with God? Can you recall a moment or time in your life when you called upon the name of Jesus? I'm not asking you if you've gone to church. I'm not asking you who your mom and dad are. I'm asking you. If you can't recall that moment or time, if you've never done that, this is what I'd like us to do as a family. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want us to pray a very simple prayer together, and I want us to pray it out loud, and I want us to believe in our heart these words that we're saying and declare it with our mouth like our eternal destiny depends upon it because it does. And according to God's word, right where you're sitting or standing, when you say this prayer and you believe it in your heart, you're not playing church, you're not being religious, you mean it. It says that you receive the forgiveness of God and the life of God comes into you and you're recreated on the inside and you're born into the family of God and you become a new person on the inside. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Can we pray this prayer together, all of us? Can we pray it like we mean it? Can we say, Father God, Today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior, and according to God's word, 
I am cleansed. I am forgiven. And I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, every head bowed and every eye closed, if you said that prayer for the very first time in your life, and you meant it, you meant it. On the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up in the air, acknowledging to God, God, I made that decision, I meant it. Acknowledging to me that I prayed it and I meant it. The Bible says when we confess him before men, he confesses us before our Father in heaven. And we have our ministry team. They're going to hand some material to you. But on the count of three, if you did it for the very first time, I want you to slip your hand up in the air saying, yes, I did it for the very first time. Are you ready? One, two, three. Would you just slip your hand up? Hold it up just for a second. Hold it up. God sees hands here. He stands back there, here in the middle. There's several right here in the middle. There's several right down here in the front. There's one over here on the side. Hold it up just for a second, guys. They're, they're getting to you. They're getting material to you right here in front of you, sir, to your left right there. Thank you. There's several in the back back there, several in the, in the middle. Hold your hand up, making sure they get material to you. Thank you, guys. Back there in the very back. There's some more back there in the very back. They're hustling. They're hustling. Now you can put your, put your hands down. Look up here at me. The Bible says the angels in heaven are rejoicing over those that made Jesus their Lord and Savior for the very first time. Can we give them a hand clap? Can we give God a hand clap? Guys, I'm so thankful. Now, now I want to encourage you, those that made that decision, come up. Our, our prayer partners are going to go ahead and come up. Y'all go ahead and come to the front, the prayer team. And if you need prayer for anything, they're here to pray with you, pray for you. I want to encourage you to take another step, get connected, begin to grow, begin to develop to be the people that we're called and created to be. Also, if you need you need anything in your life, they're up here to pray for you. But specifically, I, I, I just knew in my heart that as you're sitting in the presence of God, today, there's individuals here that you've been having pain that just runs from the inside of your esophagus down into your stomach. And I'm telling you, the healing power of God is present to take care of that issues. There's individuals here that you have pain that is just running from the backside all the way here to the front side. I don't know exactly what it is, but if that is you, you don't leave here without somebody praying for you because our God is a healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, church? Caleb, you want me to pray over them, dismiss them? We love you. We believe in you. Uh, I'll be here the next service, but also tomorrow night. If you have any friends that you think would be great to have them here, bring them. Bring, bring at least 50 of your closest friends, okay? Anyway, let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we're just thankful for your word. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you show us how to be the praisers and worshipers that we're called and created to be, that we don't separate from our praise and our worship, but we come after you and we say thank you. Thank you for how you've spared us. Thank you for how you've forgiven us and delivered us. Thank you for your healing power in this place right now, Father. And I'm asking you to confirm your word with signs following. And Father, I just bless the people. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless y'all. We're dismissed. We'll see you another time.